Hi, Wagoneers. It's your resident transcontinental lady, Hillary H. Baum, Hill Live, Livingston Butler. Um, I'm coming in with another audio postcard, though. I am sadly back in the United States. I, we landed in Dallas last night, and I'm about to take that treacherous drive down 35 to Austin. I'm excited to see my kids and my husband, but I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty sad to not be living um, a European lifestyle anymore. The trip was really, 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 really fun. Um, I have so many adventures to tell y'all about. Um, friend me on Facebook because my sister created some funny videos of our adventures throughout Austria. Anyway, um, Hungary, Budapest was amazing. Um, we partied like it was literally like it was 1999 and I was on European studies. Um, I really felt bad the next day. Um, we saw some awesome sights. We drove throughout Austria, went to Salzburg. I reenacted The Sound of Music, obviously. Um, you can see me skipping through the garden like Julia Andrews. Or actually, I would prefer to be Lietzel, but that's just me. Anyway, um, it was so much fun, but um, I guess I'm back to reality now. <laughs> um, but I will, the good news is, is that I will see a lot of y'all, hopefully, at the picnic in like a week and a half. I can't even believe it. Um, again, I'm a transcontinental lady. I don't know. I just travel around. Um, anyway, love you guys and miss you. And I will detail my adventures hopefully next week. All right. Power out. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, the show drifting further and further and farther and farther away from Too Beautiful to Live, and it makes me so happy. I am Michael Andrew Frizzell, also known as Drew McFrizz, the jail dude, longest-running co-brogan of LRB, coming to you from the Deer Blind Studios in the Mountain Room in Manjack, Texas, my co-host, starting from right to left on your podcasting dial today from Street Donut Studios in uh, Lincoln Park, Michigan. It's Meredith the MBH Van Horn. Good morning, Meredith. <laughs> I'm in North Rosedale Park now, Mike. Oh, sorry. Welcome I to hosted. this year. I, well, you know what? You haven't been on the show very much. I took two weeks off. But you haven't been on a show that I've hosted oh, in okay. a long time because I've been taking like, you know, mental breaks and breaks True. from hosting as well. well so Okay. For those who haven't caught up then i moved uh in february to the street donut uh section of, of detroit <laughs> yeah all right and uh from stick butter studios in new Brighton, minnesota it's a uh, danger ann with a plan lund home good morning ann good morning you know where i am uh baking stick butter studios is up and running yeah what do we got Ooh, Meredith, you'll like this. Mm -hmm. I'm making Mary Berry's Bakewell tarts today. <gasps> Yay! Mm -hmm. What's that again? Marionberry? Did you say? Mary Berry. Mary the, Berry. The British lady who's one of the judges of Great British Breaking Show. You know, you really should watch it just so that you can get the references mm -hmm. at this point. Because I sure. make enough of them. Uh, and it's her tart that has a raspberry jam base, which I made this morning. I made my own raspberry jam. And then it has a frangipan filling and then uh, an icing uh, that you do with a cool feather pattern on the top. 
That sounds Lovely. amazing. I'd like to get Hopefully a picture. Hopefully, it of is. I'll try. All right. Well, as usual, we will talk about our own business. Get into a fully asked recap of TBTL. Just kidding. At least on my part, but mainly we'll just tell embarrassing stories and keep some house. But uh, and then we'll let you know how to get involved. And uh, who's on the business desk? Probably Anne, since she's here. I am. LRB Picnic draws ever closer. I re- received an email from Christy with my personalized itinerary for the weekend. I assume <laughs> both too. of you also did. Yep. Yeah. And it's wonderful. I don't have to make any decisions about when and where I'm going places and how I'm going to get there because Christy has taken care of all of it. I feel bad that she did all this work and the um, the the slot for confirmation number for my flight isn't filled in because I didn't send it to her. And I'm like, what a slacker I am. Mm. <laughs> I need to send Christy my confirmation number. <laughs> it's okay. I think we, I think we can figure it out. I'm going to print it out and put it in a binder. She probably got in a huff about that when I she know, was going to fill that out. She did put, she put like uh, suggested sites for us to visit mm-hmm. uh, on an individual basis while we're there. And uh, so I'm going to be missing the picnic because she's sending me down to Tillamook, Oregon, where I'll be spending overnight uh, Friday at the Cheese Factory. So <laughs> Christy Time has well decided spent. that that's where I'll be on Friday. <laughs> Uh, well, all the rest of us will be at Richmond Beach Park in Shoreline on Friday, July 26th, starting at 5 p.m. But if you get there earlier or later, we're not going to be upset about it. Just We might not be set up if you get earlier. Um, bring your things to share, to eat. Uh, we have one item on the no-fly list that it currently is the shrimp aspic. Yes, shrimp aspic <laughs> salad. Don't I forgot to it. really emphasize what what that item is called, and that is shrimp aspic salad, because I guess you're supposed to eat it on like a bed of lettuce, and then there you go. It's light. Well, doesn't it have fare. like celery or something in it? No. No? It doesn't. I mean, no. you know, Midwesterners call ambrosia salad. That's true. Yeah. That has nothing near lettuce or any kind of vegetable in it. I think the jello is what makes it salad. Mm-hmm. Just a different kind. It's an assortment of things in the same bowl. Salad. There we go. I like that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And of course, we are preparing to do an Oreo taste test. All are welcome. We hope to see you there. I've had a few people who said that they are unfortunately unable to come. Alan Christensen said that they can't come because they have a long planned trip to Europe Mm, during that weekend. I said Europe is still going to be there. Yeah. Afterwards. Oh, that's true. The picnic is one night only. This constellation only aligns, you know, this. Right. Once a year. If that. Mm -hmm. This is like Halley's Comet level shit here. This is first ever, right? All of us? Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know, but if Alan feels he wants to go to Europe. Okay. Whatever. If he just wants to fax us from there, whatever he's yeah. doing, that would be As great. long as he faxes us from Europe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some European Probably cost bucks. him $10 and he deserves to pay. <laughs> <laughs> Going to the Europe Kinkos and have to pay $10 to fax Boston. Uh, let's talk about the Friday show just released a few days ago. I finally um, tackled the big topic of Luke's diets. I had... <laughs> 
so many clips, you guys. Uh, how did you do I could, it? I know. <laughs> I don't know. What was what was left on the cutting room floor that that you really regret at this point? Oh, there was more specific talk about the turkey picky, pickle coffee diet. <laughs> there uh-huh, was uh-huh. a lot more low. You tighten that up. Stuff. You tighten up the turkey pickle <laughs> yeah. coffee. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember. There was a lot of funny stuff, but it just had to go. <laughs> uh, so we tried to not be diet shamey. It was more thought process shamey than diet shamey, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Luke is just fine the way he is. I think that's what we uh, wanted to come out of it with. He doesn't need to do all that crap, although we understand why one does do that crap. I think he's getting to the stage of his career where he kind of does have to yeah. do something, you know, because right. he's got to look real good for TV. I mean, it's just a, a fact. It's going to be his cash cow as he gets older. I, I, this, I believe. No, um, is his future. I, so. I reject that. If Mo Rocca can be on TV, Luke can be on TV. <laughs> right, but Mo Rocca probably doesn't care as much about what people think of his looks than Luke does. So in order for Luke to not only get the job and have the job, but to feel comfortable in the job, you know, um, I think he needs to, to at least look what he thinks is trim enough. Keep it tight. Yeah. So I understand, you know, I, I think yeah, everybody totally. should be what they want to be. But, you know, we, we saw in uh, what was that movie where they told her to go home and weigh 20 pounds less i mean it's just <laughs> this it's tv and you got to look a certain way or the camera makes you look even worse 4k vision man <laughs> it doesn't doesn't lie i personally think that he has done that annoying thing that some guys do which is that their looks get better as they get older <laughs> yeah it's not fair. much better looking now than he yeah. was 10 years ago so yeah damn you yeah it is a phenomenon, and I understand that it that that can be frustrating, especially because, like, a guy gets older, and then he like you know start he wants to trade. Now I'm good looking, and I have some money, and I'm gonna trade in my wife, who looks exactly how old she's supposed to look. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's shitty. Uh so what's going on in Manchac, Mike? Well, this morning I I had a, a revelation about. Um, something from my childhood and and I used to watch um Wiley e. Coyote cartoons uh, Coyote Okay, and the that's Roadrunner. interesting because I think they were called Roadrunner cartoons and the fact that you characterize them as Coyote cartoons kind of tells me which side you come <laughs> down on. I well I was, yeah, it's true. I I used to root um for the Coyote because uh, I liked an underdog, and I, I think I rooted for the Roadrunner for like the first two or three shows that I saw, and then I was like, "Oh well, clear clearly the Coyote, who I thought was the favorite going into this match, is is the underdog because he he never seems to win." And when we uh, when we moved into Manchac, we noticed that we had some Roadrunners that would come through our yard, <clears throat> and usually in the back they'd 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 wander through, and they're not. Uh, they're not as big as depicted in the cartoon. They're not six feet tall. They're about a, maybe a foot tall. Um, they're not. They're not big, and they don't do a lot of flying. They do a lot of just you know, running across your yard. They're roadrunners, and and they are looking for bugs to eat. I never thought they were particularly annoying. Like, why would a cartoonist 
you know, go, this is the target. This is, this is the annoying bird that's going to be the nemesis for one of the greatest comic actors of our time, Wiley Coyote. <laughs> um, but th- this was the first time I've heard one talk. It was outside my window when I sat down to get set up. And I actually, I didn't, I didn't see it first. I heard it. And it was just a loud, loud squawk. And I looked out and it was about 20 feet outside my window and it was walking toward the window and it was squawking as it got closer and the, like the window was shaking from its squawk. And then I thought, you know what? That is annoying. And I bet, I bet there was a person or a uh, coyote somewhere who was like, look, shut the hell up or I'm going to kill you. And that meep meep, that's what that became. You know, it was like a ah, became meep meep, and then <laughs> a cartoon was born, and I, I'm just finally figuring it out right now at at the newly minted age of 54. You know what other cartoon bird is actually annoying as hell is a woodpecker. Yes, they're uh, awful. yes. There are pileated woodpeckers all over my mom's house, and it sounds like someone is pounding on the side of the house. <laughs> it's it's horrible. They will wake you up at four in the morning. Just bam, 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 bam. And living in Detroit, that kind of gives me a bit of a start now. So whenever I stay over at my mom's house, it's like, calm down. It's just a woodpecker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he is but not, it's... he's not depicted as annoying. Oh, cartoon. is he not? I mean, he laughs. He laughs at you when he gets over on you. The That's Woody true. Woodpecker. I mean, he's an asshole. In an annoying way. Woody Woodpecker is. Yeah. yeah. He, and, he and Roadrunner are birds of a feather. For sure. They 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 live to annoy and they need to be vanquished, but we never we can't seem to get them. See there mm-hmm. there's the dramatic tension. You guys mm. you see where that that idea happened? That's it's genius. So Mike, you said that roadrunners aren't very big, really. No. The roadrunners mm-hmm. aren't six feet tall. So I just wanted to check that. Uh have you ever been to Fort Stockton, <laughs> Texas? I have been through Fort Stockton. I mean there's really no other way to go to Los Angeles. So yeah. Uh there is a statue of a giant roadrunner in Fort Stockton. His name is Paisano Pete, and he is the mascot of the town. He's 11 feet tall and 22 feet long. Wow. Hmm. So... I bet you could blow him up, though, because he's, <laughs> he's not getting away. He ain't fast. He's not going to paint a tunnel on the side of a mountain and run through it. <laughs> Get your action TNT yes. ready. I was disappointed the first time I saw a roadrunner in Texas. I was like, oh, it's a tiny little bird. <laughs> yeah. Heck? Yeah, you go. Oh, there's a tiny roadrunner. No, yeah, that's a that's, that's a roadrunner. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's what it is. I like quail better. If we're gonna see a southern bird, I think they're cute and funny. Roadrunners can go do their thing in the brush. Well, there's a, another bird that's ubiquitous down here, and that's the dove. And they, there there are zillions of them. And the reasons the reason there's zillions of them, it's like it's like rabbits. They're they're just really dumb. Mm-hmm. And they're slow, and they get hit by everything and eaten by everything. So, you know, you see dead doves, and you're like, the first time you see see dead doves, oh no! And then then you drive your car, and it can't get out of the way when you're going 25 miles an hour. And you go, <laughs> okay, well, I guess they're making a lot of these for a reason. <laughs> Jesus, they do coo just like Stevie Nicks. Okay, <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. All the Texans taking out doves left and right. Well, carnage. 
Meredith, I don't know if it's a phenomenon in Dallas, but in, in Austin, we're so lousy with them. And if, if your neighborhood has, you know, is wooded at all, just they're, they're, they're out in the middle of the street because someone dropped one kernel of something to eat and there's a hundred of them out there and half of them are going to get run over while they're trying to eat the. I, I didn't notice that. The, the, you know, the classic annoying bird in Dallas is the grackle. Yeah, the grackle. Um, as has been discussed. Yeah, it's a terrifying enemy little dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah, right. Now I could get behind trying to kill a grackle because they're clever, you know. They would try to outsmart you. If you do that, then all its four thousand friends are going to descend upon your house. Oh, I know. That's what that's what you're dealing with. Yep, yep. All right. So now we're killing grackles, we're killing doves, and we're killing roadrunners. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not going to kill the roadrunner. He just, just yelled at me annoyed. once. I, if, okay. if it becomes a problem, I'll I'll put out some traps and take care of them. You know, I okay. order up some stuff from Acme. <laughs> A big um, bundle of TNT mm-hmm. and a giant plunger. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, um, Acme. There didn't seem to be a waiting period for, for no. Acme. I mean, they're pretty good on their delivery times. Yeah, really. You know, um, can I get some C four? Yeah, here it is. All right. Um, it, it was like Acme Prime. He had something. <laughs> <laughs> One day delivery now. Right. <laughs> Three days, but I'm painting my fake tunnel now. <laughs> Maybe try. Um, I have a I have a kitten update. Um, I just Ooh. put a photo in Slack that's very important, and I'm going to need y'all to go look at it. Um, that is Oscar, the garage kitten. He is Aww. wearing a harness and a leash, and he's at a bar. Oh, he's have, he's brunching. He's brunching. My the... sister takes him out with her everywhere she goes, and he loves it. He's so big. I know. And I really hope he's oh. going to become one of those cats who likes to ride in the car. Like, so far, he's cool that he loves dogs because yeah. um, her boyfriend has a dog. And they take him in the car, and he's fine with it. Um, and I just hope that he doesn't get scared out of it. But so far, so good. And everybody at the bar, of course, was charmed. And they're like, I'm going to do that with my cat. <laughs> sure you are. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Oscar the cat's doing great. And he's a man about town. And I hope um, – I'll put this – if it's not our show pick, I'll put it in the comments of the Facebook post. Okay. Oscar gets out more than I do. Me too. Yeah. He's probably got a poached egg on top of something over there <laughs> at this point. He'd rather have a bird on it. Paying $17. <laughs> Speaking of $17, let's do a couple of Jam Tracker updates. I mean, nice. maybe we need to go to brunch. Maybe we need. <laughs> Is that a it. jam? I don't know. Maybe we need to use some jam money. Um, We had a couple of people decide to help us get out of a few jams this week. Uh, First up, Tyler Lloyd from Syracuse, Utah. I didn't know that you lived in Utah, Tyler. I don't know where I thought you lived, but I was somehow surprised that it was Utah. Uh, Tyler said, this year's TBTLathon had the unintended effect of helping me realize that the show is boring. Oh, no. And I have a growing backlog of other things I'd rather be listening to. That and I finally paid for MLB TV and spend most of my free time these days watching uh, or listening to baseball. That'll eat it up. I always think I have room for one thing in my life that is multiple hours, five days a week. And currently it's TBTL, but... Maybe I'll go back to baseball eventually. Tyler continues. Anyway, 
Even though I haven't actually listened to TBTL since May, I'm not quite ready to give up the TBTLiverse yet, and I'm still tuning in to LRB Weekly, so I figure it's time to take some of the money I'm not giving to TBTL anymore and send it your way instead. Aww. Keep up the good work. Wow. <laughs> you know, sometimes it, it comes to the point where you have to part ways with TBTL for whatever reason, but the community is so important to all mm-hmm. of us, I think, that yeah. you want to stay involved somehow. If that's a service we can provide, then I'm happy to keep doing it. Yep. Thanks for Absolutely. reallocating your donation. Yeah. I appreciate that. That's very cool. And we also heard from our friend Shannon Fitz from Boone, North Carolina. Uh, I said I was going to try and get to Boone someday and meet up with you, Shannon. I haven't managed it yet, but I'm still thinking Action about verb it. Action verb name, by the way. Action verb. Shannon Fitz. <laughs> your favorite. <laughs> Shannon says, thanks to LRB for all the laughs and great shows. Listening to Mike tell us about the Jubilee for a Highway made me LOL, and the clip shows are awesome. This week, after trying to endure week two of Summer Games, even P. Fletch could not save Thursday's show. I saw a new LRB clip show in my feed and had to donate. Thanks for all you do. Well, we'll talk about Phyllis's efforts. She certainly brought the energy and the enthusiasm. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I think it depends on what you're interested in a little bit for uh, how you felt about the shows this week. But we'll get into that. So thank you very much, Tyler. And thank you, Shannon. You are champions. And we love hearing from you. And we appreciate you being part of our community. Mm -hmm. Let's hit a couple of throw your phones before we go um related to the picnic our friend bruce says hey down here in the south they have a beanbag toss game unfortunately called cornhole maybe for the picnic y'all have a game called throw your phone cornhole bobby responded to bruce and like he said actually thanks to the magic of jack taylor we have that game already yes we do jack custom made us cornhole boxes is that what you call them i don't know i don't know and bean bags with telephones stenciled on them they're a- that we have amazing. used they're so great i think we've had them for a is it a couple of years yeah now? yeah i think i've so. never i've never Two? played cornhole i'm excited to play for the first time on our own you know yeah our own setup i had one in my in my backyard in texas and um it just i was always amused at how um texans can say that word without snickering and i can't yeah yeah i'm i'm getting used to it because i do watch the championships on on tv sometimes Mm -hmm. on saturday mornings you know the cornhole i don't feel like watching are you serious oh yes oh my god it's a league do those air on red tube or something oh (laughs) see see (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Well, I try to keep it clean and then, <laughs> and then what happens? It's all legit. It's on the Ocho. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe we can start our own cornhole league. <laughs> the picnic. Let's do it. I mean, I want to partner up with Meredith because obviously she has the most experience. I have the least. So wouldn't we be the best uh, partners for the yeah. game? You know, the kids have a lot of fun with it, so maybe you could well, find a small child. Well, we're going to crush them, so I don't know how much more fun they're going to have this year. <laughs> oh. So. We will make your children cry. Come to the picnic. I will. Guaranteed. <laughs> it's getting serious. 
we got a subsequent throw your phone from Bruce who asks a question. He says, what is the conversion rate from American Pies to TBTL Summer Games? I christen it Tedious-a-thon. Mm. Oh, boy. There were some ups and some downs. Mm-hmm. I will say that. And then from Alicia, she says, I truly felt like we were being punked when Andrew asked Nick if he knew the far side and we were pulled back into that goddamn black hole again. <laughs> if only Nick had been there last week. Quote, cows, lots of cows, unquote. Next. (laughs) (laughs) That was interesting. That really did show just the, I mean, Nick's not a generation younger than Andrew, but I would say generational differences Mm -hmm. in that the far side clearly was not a thing for Nick the way it was for Luke and Andrew. And he was like, "Uh uh-huh, sure. Yeah, I've seen it. Done. It was such a big deal for my dad specifically. He loved it so much. He had them all over his fridge. He had the coffee mugs and his favorite was the the school for the gifted and the kids pushing on the door that says Paul. Right. That's my favorite one. Now, did it make a difference to your dad because his name is Gary? Oh, probably. I'm sure so he feels this hurt. kinship with mm-hmm. Gary Larson. Yeah. Although it's Gary with two R's for Gary Larson, isn't it? Really? I thought that was weird. Really? I think so. Maybe I'm wrong. Know. My dad's one of has is in that weird position. Oh no, it's where one. His, Sorry, his name is Gerald with a G, but he goes by Jerry with a J, and just it's some there's some off about off about it. I mean, a lot of guys do it, but you know, you're the name that you use every day, not starting with the same letter that it uh-huh. actually starts with. It's just yeah, weird to strange. me. Uh-huh. But the alternative is Gary, right? And that's not right at he, all. Yeah, he's not gonna he's not gonna do that. Yeah. Too many Garys in your life yep. that we know about. <laughs> Way too many. <laughs> yeah, but Gary's out of fashion now. Nobody's naming their little baby boy Gary. So. Oh, it'll it's come gonna, back around. It, I it I'm totally sure. will. I I think it'll be great. Little Gary's yeah. running yep. around. Cute little baby Gary. <laughs> Uh, Well, that's it on Throw Your Phones for now. Shall we go to the Week in Review? All right. This week in TBTL, pet ownership. I think it's the Friday show, Thursday or Friday show, where, um, mm, is it uh, Professor Theodore? I always forget the name of these cats when they do. Theodore Murray is is outside just yowling because he yowls. That's his thing. And and uh, Andrew talks about shooting him in the buttocks to get him to to to, to stop. Squirting him, squirt squirting him in the buttocks, not squirting him in the buttocks. In the buttocks. <laughs> I don't I don't know if we ever got this off the ground with an, either of our cats. Uh, the squirt gun thing. I think we had one when we got um, when we got Edith because she was scratching furniture, but it subsided and we lost the. You you almost have to have them everywhere or carry it with you, and that's just, you know, I, it wasn't a plan that we were able yeah. to to stick to. You, you ever need a done holster. That that's never worked for me either. And yeah. the more I read about it, the less of a good behavior modification technique it is. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> all it does Seems is drastic. teach them to to do stuff when you're not around. Because <laughs> they know it's you that's squirting them. They're not dumb. Our cats are in a phase. Actually, they've been in this phase almost since we got the the littler guy, the Flame Point Siamese, who's now the bigger guy. Um, 
fortunately or unfortunately, we have the Calico Edith who is game for all his shenanigans. So they they brawl for sometimes one or two hours a day at at different times, just rolling up and down the house, just wrestling Mm -hmm. and brawling and wrestling and wrestling and fur flying everywhere. And it's just, it's ridiculous. And it reached a boiling point for me the other day. I was, it was like 4.30, 4.40. And I'm trying to, I have a few more things to do for work before I, you know, go feed everybody. And they get real restless and they fight at dinner time. Um, but now they're fighting in here and they're fighting in the rabbit cage and rattling it around. And they made me shut down my work. I'm just like, fuck it. I'm, I'm done. I'll just put my legs on and I'll go feed everyone. So I lean forward in my chair. I put, I put my laptop away and I lean forward in my chair and they're now fighting, wrestling behind my back, between my back and my chair. <laughs> and I was like, that's it. I mean, we, we, I'm not, I mean, you guys can do this, but elsewhere, because like when they're another part of the house, it, it's, it's a racket when they're in the same room as you. It's, it's terrible. It's like being in a Foley studio where they're, you know, they're doing fight noises and it's like, what the fuck? Um, Edith sounds like, uh, Marge Simpson when they're fighting. She's like, well, Mike, you have, you have two of the most vocal kind of cats that exist. They you have a are. Siamese and a Calico. Calicos never shut up and Siamese have those plaintive baby cries. They barely involve me in the conversations. That's rude. Barely. I'm very much to the side of what's going on. And and yeah, yeah, that's rude. Because I like to talk. You guys Bear, Bear and Link do that wrestling nonstop thing too. And they have actually set off my security alarm before by activating the motion sensors because they're such brawlers uh-huh. in the living room um and also by slamming up against the window because i have knock sensors on sure there. sure so sure. that's been fun i'm amazed they never hurt each other like their claws are not out they're not actually biting but if if you saw this for the first time, you'd be like, oh, one of these cat. This is a this is a cage match. Oh, yeah. Somebody's not getting out of here. They look like they're fighting to the death. The only injury that ever occurs, and this happens almost weekly, is Link gets scratched in the eye. And that's happened his whole um, life. He's just a bad wrestler. or He's bad at shutting yeah. his eyes because this has happened when he was a kitten, and now it's happening with the other kitten. Oh, yeah. He doesn't seem we to We get care. a lot of lost collars because they'll, they'll brawl under the bed, and the sure. collar will fall off, and then we won't get it until the housekeeper comes right (sighs) i don't know if poor theo i feel bad i think he's kind of got he must have some sort of dementia or something because that does happen to cats as they get older and i don't know what the solution is um i i I keep mine out of the 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 room when they get rowdy before before meal times i just shut myself in a room so that they can't bother Mm -hmm. me and that does the trick yeah i I need a reacher to to be able to close my door right. while my legs are off so they can't get in here. I don't see a huge problem in this case with using the squirt gun because you said, Meredith, it just teaches them to do it when you're not around. And for Andrew, that's fine. That's fine. He, yeah, true. He just wants Theo to stop hollering. So if he goes somewhere else and hollers or whatever. We know Andrew hates being hollered at. <laughs> just, oh, man, even his cats holler at him. No. So what a hentech life. <laughs> well, he just has to uh, snuggle with Theo as long as he can, I guess. I mean, aren't they sort of at that point in his life where just... 
with an 18 year old cat you just do what they cuddle want them. Yeah. yeah yeah you don't have yeah. much time left and mm-hmm. you just give them whatever they want that's what i did with loki he got salmon every day a lucky dog mm-hmm. i mean lucky cat <laughs> all right let's go to the main event for the week packing the quiz bowl week two of the TBTL Summer Games. Would you guys agree, oh, Meredith, you didn't listen to week one, which I don't think is a loss. Mike, week two is a lot better than week one, wasn't it? Um, I'm having trouble remembering much of week one because it was very unremarkable. And plus, I don't think I listened to some of it either, even though I recapped it. It was, it was the far side cartoons and the bob's burgers thing oh the bob's the... burgers yeah i i would have never remembered that because that was that's that's a bad thing that was that two t- days that touched me for two days i'm so glad i skipped that week yeah that was bad what but um what this week reminded me of is like lesser versions of jeremy and christy's podcast nerd out loud yes um, because there, most of the subjects I have had no interest or or knowledge of, but there were there were points where it was interesting. But Jeremy used to do it real well because he just really go in depth about whatever the subject was. It wasn't like a quiz about, you know, it wasn't. A, he didn't go. He didn't go about trivially, which is exactly right. what this was was trivia about whatever these hobbies were, and that's not enough to get me to be interested in if I wasn't already interested. So it was jovial. There were nice people. I liked everyone. I had a decent time, but I've retained almost nothing. I would say I agree with that assessment. I appreciated the enthusiasm by all the guests. I was glad that Andrew tried to, well, did a good job of tailoring the quizzes to their interests Mm -hmm. and I think you're right it's interesting to listen to people talk about things that they're interested in so as far as that went I thought that they were good shows I just thought it was such a vast improvement over week one I I really would have taken anything over (laughs) week one (laughs) I thought Nick Nick's shows were great I really like Nick a lot he's a he's Mm -hmm. a font of knowledge and he's insightful and funny so he he was a delight to listen to and he knows how to handle andrew really well Mm -hmm. i think because they had that like close working relationship for a while true that he just kind of knows how to spin off of andrew and i like that but let's quick go through the quizzes themselves on monday nick jaren was there they did a quiz on sneakers not the movie sorry hillary (laughs) Um, to see if Nick could guess the basketball sneaker. What guess the person? Mm-hmm. Guess the player. The player and guess the brand, the and describe the sneaker. It was it was an amorphous quiz because it was like, just tell me stuff about this shoe, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'll decide how many points you get. And I have zero interest in sneakers, but like Phyllis said, the interesting part of that was listening to how much Nick knows about shoes. That was amazing. Right. Let's uh, bring in the throw your phone from Morgan, who said, Phyllis, no, why did she praise the Monday shoe quiz? Am I crazy? The shoe quiz was so bad, I turned it off and didn't listen to the next day. Wow. Um, I understand your feelings about that, Morgan, but I have to agree with Phyllis and with Meredith that, yeah. And here's the thing about a quiz. 
the quizzes where it was basically just a blind shot in the dark. I mean, like Hannah's ska quiz. Spoiler alert. Right. Like there was absolutely no way to figure out what was the right answer. Unless you but already for, knew all those bands. Right. But for Nick's sneaker quiz, there was a way to kind of figure some of that out from context. So I like quizzes that actually give somebody the opportunity to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I thought the shoe quiz did that. Uh, now, Mike, you had some thoughts on the sneaker quiz, right? Well, you may be with Morgan. I'm, I'm sure if, uh, if Andrew were to speculate on the kind of person who would like the shoe quiz, he would say it'd be someone like me who's into sports and basketball really almost above all. Um, but basketball shoes are a different thing. It's not, it has nothing to do with basketball. It's a fashion thing. And even within like, well, here's, here's the thing. Like, even if you go to play basketball in a pickup situation, which is 99% of basketball being played in the world, um, nobody's wearing their, their good sneakers. Those guys are at home. They're on the computer, you know, looking at eBay yeah, you don't wear next... those because then they get dirty. No, no. So this isn't even a basketball discussion. It's a marketing um, and collector's discussion. And I switched right the hell off. I do not care about shoes. I couldn't afford the good ones when I was a kid. Like my dad would get me the, I loved them, the the uh, Dr. J's Irregulars from Chubby and Tubby you can get for $12. <laughs> and I love those. And <laughs> You know, until I could start stealing shoes, those were the nicest ones that I had. What so, was it? Dr. J's Chubby? It sounds like a dating site. Yeah. Do Dr. J's. The, it was one of the first branded shoes. Um, Julius Irving had uh, some Converse. They were leather high top oh. shoes with a very simple logo. And and they were, I think they were probably retail 50 bucks or something maybe. And But at Chubby and Tubby's, they had, they had these big... <laughs> bins of irregulars and you could just oh, reach okay. in there and get your size chubby and tubbies is a place they talk about it on tbtl before chubby and tubbies luke talked about it like two weeks ago sometimes i tune out for the super specific seattle discussions yeah well I they're closed now they they had right. they had a few i did get a nice picture of the old chubby and tubbies sign even after they were closed that i had framed and it's one of the um seattle pictures that we hang up in the house. I have a, a picture of the Dick sign. I have the Chubby and Tubbies, and I think the Poodle Dog Cafe. I had all these framed, and you know, gave them as gifts to to Emily, and and they're really quite lovely. So we're frame, we were a framed Chubby and Tubby family here, and I have those fond memories of that shoe. But after that, I was like, I paid no attention because I couldn't afford those shoes. So what's what's the point of keeping track of all? Make myself feel shitty for not having them? I don't know. Not a fan of, of basketball chew culture, and when it comes up, I get a little, maybe a little resentful, but also bored out of my skull. <laughs> you seem to be in line with most of the listeners. Mm -hmm. Well, how did you feel about Tuesday's quiz? It was, guess the video game character's profession, again with Nick. I know video games is one of your big areas of interest. I... I played plenty of video games in, in my life, but um, 
Yeah, mostly sports games. You know, I thought uh-huh. I played played my share of Super Mario and shit like that. But um, yeah, this was. Uh, I mean, Nick's Nick's good and interesting and says says interesting stuff. And it wasn't the worst. It didn't piss me off as much as the the basketball shoes thing because I was free to play any of those video games anytime I wanted. You know, as a, mm-hmm. as a, a, a child or adult, but I I wasn't free to have the Air Air Jordan you know, McNasty 25s or whatever the fuck they were talking about. <laughs> was the, was this quiz, the video game characters quiz, the one that Andrew was like, Oh wait, this only has eight questions. Oh no. And oh, I was like, no. no, Andrew, that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> eight, eight questions. It doesn't have 50. <laughs> has he ever checked out a quiz before and, and, and just say, okay, are there questions and are there answers and how do, <laughs> how do I we get the answers on the fly and how will I execute the quiz? No. He doesn't seem to do that. No, no. No, he did. He did say that he went through and did, he did the video game quiz before. This was at least his second run through of it. Yeah. I've, oh, I'm, okay, I've always well, been a video game fan and I, not so much sports games, so kind of the opposite of Mike, I guess. And I just have to, it, it irritated me that they didn't know anything about Animal Crossing. <laughs> Even I know what Animal Crossing is. Yeah. And it came out on the Nintendo 64. It's not a handheld game originally. In 2001, it's been around forever in video game time. I liked that Nick said that it was a, a puttering game. It is. And I was like, oh man, Andrew should be playing that. Yeah. It's just a sim game. It's fun. So he downloaded whatever little. There's a cell phone version called Pocket Camp, and I don't like I don't like it very much. But it's coming out for the Switch in March, so I, ha- I have that date marked on my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> um, it sounds cute. It, it is sounds very cute. It is good for adults and kids. Mm-hmm. Mostly kids. Um, let's go Wednesday. This was with Hannah Brooks Olson. Always delightful. Andrew gave uh, the name of a ska band because Hannah is a big ska fan and she had to figure out whether it was real or a fake band. Uh, And then if it was real, Andrew would play a 10 second clip from it. And I just, I couldn't even be irritated at this quiz because every time he played a piece of terrible ska and they all sounded exactly alike, it made me laugh. I was secondhand embarrassed for everyone involved. (laughs) The bands, them, their naming conventions, it's just awful. And I think I feel that way because I went through a brief ska phase when I was a teenager. It was it started with punk rock and then it kind of moved into pop punk and then it morphed into ska. And then I was like, oh, no, there's nothing after this. I got to stop. Um, but they all they all try so hard to shoehorn the word ska into their name and their album title. Know, it's and it's terrible. just so awful. So it was actually like a, it was a tough quiz because I know a lot of those bands. It's not fair to throw in high school bands that no one's ever heard of though. No, it's not. Well, I think that was the problem with the quiz is that the, the, the bands that are going to have the worst name, right. Are going to be the terrible, terrible bands. He couldn't even find real tracks for Mm -hmm. some of them so it's not going to be interesting music because they're not creative at all i mean it's i don't know very much about ska but does it all sound that way it seemed like it's really structured like there are a lot of elements (laughs) that must 
come into play with all of them. They all, it's very formulaic and it all has the same ingredients. Yeah. It, there's not, it's not very deep. There's not, not anywhere to go with it. I, I was just listening to it and thinking, okay, is this because this is what Scott is or is it because they're all bad bands? And so they're just, but you, you know, I listened to No Doubt. That's pretty much what yep. No Doubt sounds like yep. too, only better lyrics. Yeah, they were, they were sort of a ska band. I, I think, actually, now that I think about it, they, they did mention the band Mustard Plug as somebody's influence. <laughs> and that's uh-huh. a band from Grand Rapids that I, you know, they were all over the place. They played street fairs, you know, uh, they're all over the place. And they still do. I saw them like two years ago at the Easttown Street Fair. Um and I have a special love for them just because they're hometown boys and, and they're kind of famous in the ska world. <laughs> and I said they like I, you know, they can't survive on, on mustard plug money alone. So they work at the local coffee shop. <laughs> so I see them all the time. <laughs> it's fun music when it's executed correctly. It's fun to listen to for a little while. You yeah. know, it's good party music for a little while. I, I, you can't crap completely on it, I don't think. But um, it's so limited. <laughs> It is. I do. I I do love the covers. I just I have a soft spot for covers anyway. And so the me first and the gimme gimme's covers. Those I do love those still. (laughs) I don't listen to them, but they're fun. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I did laugh at. Was it Mazel Ska? (laughs) Ska Ska (laughs) Tom. Frank Skinatra. Come on, guys. Um, yes, that quiz got boring just because all the clips sounded like all the other clips after a while. And as I said, there's really no way that Hannah could have reasonably figured some of these out when some of them are high school and sounded like younger kids. She can't be expected to have any way to figure that out. And I'm like, well, this quiz is rigged you you can't win it yeah. except by chance then it's not a quiz the the high school kids that were playing in their gymnasium or whatever those sounded amazing <laughs> yeah they like, sounded good they were the well, best you guys are the most the talented highlight. weren't they osama bin laden yes yeah. Yeah, they, <laughs> and the infidels yeah. or something yeah. yeah ask me to name something when i'm like 16 and i would have been hamas <laughs> something you know it would have been really awful the g-scod yeah Ugh. You can't like people that age that 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 have a limited uh, knowledge of of world politics no. name anything. <laughs> I think all band names except for a precious few are bad by definition anyway, but mm-hmm. they really seem to take it to new heights with mm-hmm. the ska stuff. Yeah. All right, Thursday was the first of two days with one Phyllis Fletcher. Uh, always a welcome presence on TBTL. The yes. first day was an are, are you a Howard Stern super fan quiz, um, which seems to be something that Andrew just actually got off of Stern's website or something. It was like an official Stern yeah. quiz. One of the people on the show wrote it or the people who do the people who do the recap. Yeah. It's like, like if we made like, a TBTL quiz. Ooh, <laughs> don't give me any hmm. ideas. Um, yeah, so it was like an end of year review quiz. And 
uh, I thought it was really interesting that Phyllis just didn't know any of the celebrity-based stuff. But when it came to the Whack Packers and their Mm -hmm. weird little dramas, I mean, she didn't even need the multiple choice on any of that. She, I think she knew all of them just completely off the top of her head, which shows you where her interest really uh, is directed as far as Howard Stern goes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, I appreciate Phyllis's enthusiasm, but I do not give a shit about the Howard Stern show, and I have no frame of reference for any of those people. So, uh, I've enjoyed her talking about Stern before, but the quiz part, the quiz aspect of this really didn't do very much for me. I used to listen to Stern a lot and I really loved it, but I think it was when he was on the terrestrial radio and then my schedule changed and I didn't, I wasn't like in the car or whatever when Stern was on anymore. Mm -hmm. So that's the only reason I stopped, but I did like it a lot. Um, I just don't know anything about current day Stern life. Sure. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you, Meredith. I've I've been in and out, um, just based on circumstance, and yeah. enjoyed it when I was listening to it. But it is a it's a big time commitment. Yeah, we've already got one of those. <laughs> yes, exactly. Once you're in on the on this other thing, you're like, well, um, I don't know how Phyllis does it, but I don't she either. Keeps up. I think she does it by she doesn't listen to anything else. She's she's talked about this. Right. She rarely listens to anything else because right. we're always bringing up stuff in our chat, this, that, and the other. And she's like, I should listen to that. And <laughs> she never does because she's got to keep up with all of our bullshit and TBTL and Howard Stern. She's got a full plate. Yeah. Um, Howard was on Conan's podcast a couple of weeks ago or months ago. I don't remember. Promoting the new book. And I've been listening to Conan's podcast a lot. Luke is right. It's, it's really good. And it was an interesting conversation and Howard talked a lot about how he's kind of, he's embarrassed by those old days and what he was doing and I listened to some of that back when I was in college and I always thought he was incredibly smart and I could see what he was doing mm-hmm. in the way he was boundary pushing but I didn't really like the way he was doing it with mm-hmm. you know objectification of women it was and pretty misogynistic and, uh, yeah yeah it really was and so I couldn't hang on to it for that maybe if i listen to it now he's really changed his focus and uh, doesn't do things the same way you know except for the fat phobia that was surprising oh yeah that's that's bad what the hell well he's not the only one i know i know he's at least vocal about it but yuck yep there's just not very many people who are i don't know brave enough or stupid enough or powerful enough to actually say (laughs) yeah i think those are those are those three words yeah yeah i think you really i think it's him and the president who could do that (laughs) and dan savage oh yeah dan savage also not shy about his dislike of fat people so well i think i think you can add smart to howard though because he somehow gets away with it you know the president is not really getting away with anything at this point (laughs) Well, with 40% of the country, he's getting away with everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but uh, it's, it's over. There's no, there's no gray area. It's yeah. gone. There's... Nope. <laughs> I have a friend who says, you know, just 25% of the country is just batshit crazy. And I was like, really? And now I'm starting to think that 25% oh, yeah. might be a low estimate. Yep, yeah, might be low. That was conservative. Well, I'd, I'd put that squarely in the camp of who, whatever his approval rating is. That's the percentage. Oof. No, that no. I think there's 15 percent though, Meredith. There are about 15 percent of those are just abortion or, uh, or just Guns. Republican or die. Yeah, yeah, probably. sure, sure. But I that think that's sense. crazy. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I think that's crazy too. Because I would be willing to give up on on my guns thing, which is my one issue thing, mm-hmm. just to have a normal person be president yeah, and me just too. to have things be normal. I would even vote for more guns if we could just have a fucking normal president for a minute. That's saying a mm-hmm. lot coming from you. I know how you feel about guns. I know. Yes, everybody. Let's let's, let's give everybody a gun and let's have a normal president for four years. I like it. Okay, I'm going I'm to take Finland. Care of those rats. Then. If everybody has a gun, I'm going to Finland because Canada's not far enough. You get used to it living in Texas. Everyone's got a gun there. Yeah, we're all all strapped. (laughs) Yeah, but you wouldn't even buy a holster for your cat squirting water pistol. (laughs) That's how anti-gun he is. (laughs) I'm a bandolero now. I've I've changed. Uh, Finally, on Friday, uh, they switched tactics. Although... Stern was a radio thing, and the NPR quiz was a radio thing. So I guess Andrew is really sticking in Phyllis's wheelhouse. Um, the quiz was uh, NPR, who's the host of what program? But that turned out to be so easy, I think. Andrew didn't like that. So then he went to just naming people on NPR, and Phyllis had to say what they did, <laughs> like what their beat was. Is a little out of date, though. <laughs> a little bit. Um, I don't know. I'm not an NPR junkie. I, I have listened to NPR. I've spent a fair yeah. amount of time listening to NPR, but I'm not. A, I don't have it on constantly. So a lot of the names I'm like, yeah, I know that name, but I don't know what they do. I just hear them every once in a while. I just kept yelling Don Gagne at it for every answer. And it was never right. <laughs> I thought a silent G was going to be my winner, but it turned out to be Renee Montaigne. Oh, that's true. Don Gagne was a good answer, mm-hmm. Mike. No, it actually is not because I looked it up and it's G-O-N-Y-E-A. And I, re- I, I should have remembered oh, that because right. I, I made a snarky joke on that uh, Facebook thread about Don Gagne at oh, some yeah. point. Like Don Gagne warms up tuna in the office microwave or the something. The best like Facebook that. thread that ever existed. <laughs> right. And the greatest Facebook thread that ever yeah. existed. Well, those are the quizzes. Um, they were shorter they were uh, taken by people who were less apt to get into the weeds about things i think that's the real problem with the andrew and luke quizzes is there there is no topic that they can't make 10 minutes too long or 40 minutes too long because they just spiral way down in there so this was this was a much more enjoyable week i thought Yes, I agree. Um, all right, our next topic, our bodies, our bodies are wonderland. Uh, Nick has <laughs> a lot of snake tattoos, at least two, possibly three snake tattoos. And uh, he just doesn't come across as a guy who would have a snake tattoo, mm-hmm, much mm-hmm. less three snake tattoos. So um, I don't know if he explained the tattoos. I kind of... Um, I phase out when people, you know, um, talk about their tattoos. tattoos. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I've just had, I've been around so many people who tattoos were a big part of their life and I could understand it when I was in prison and people were getting tattoos because they were bored and they, you know, it was just something to do and you saved up your money and you got the little tattoo. And I had plenty of opportunities to get tattoos, free tattoos, because I I was a lookout for a long, long time because... Uh, my Sally's best friend was a tattoo artist. So don't you mean steps. you free hepatitis C? 
<laughs> well, um, whatever a typewriter engine can put into your veins, uh, yes, that's the disease that that was happening in our in our cell. And so Stretch is was the guy's name. Um, would be in our cell uh, giving a tattoo, and um, my celly Todd would would uh, often be the recipient, and. I would be on the steps outside of the uh, white power TV room. And whenever the cop started walking on the tier, there was a code word, you know, like, oh, man, look at her tits or something. You know, there's something that they, they were listening for from my voice. You know, the story has so many dazzling deets. I don't even know, know where to start. Well, the, the, the upshot of it was I spent so many hours doing that. I took it all in in coffee. Um, because Stretch had a never-ending supply of coffee, so he would pay me in coffee to to be that lookout. That was one of my first um, hustles at Sheridan. Um, but the downside is you've now let Stretch into your life, and Stretch, while he he uh, paid a lot of people in coffee, I think he thought that that meant he, that he never had to pay for coffee because he would always come hmm. to my room, you know, three or four times oh. a room and tap his little mug on the window that's not uh, tap, fair tap, like dude you're drinking all the coffee you paid me but i don't know he was a very nice guy and he was always saying i'll give you a free tattoo do you want this do you want that and i'm like no nah, that's all right you know because i i never even thought about getting one on the street and i certainly didn't want a prison tattoo i didn't have any pictures taken in prison so i'm not going to get a tattoo because that's like 10 times worse uh-huh. than having your picture taken because now now it's a permanent record on yourself it's not permanent. So, as the only oh, person on this show who's had a tattoo, that's right. Had, that, that I had was, two, and I had two removed. I was going to ask you about that. When did you get them? What What were they, and why did you remove them? I got them both when I was eighteen. It was because so my mom was pretty strict. Even though I was a naughty kid, I did. I, I was naughty behind her back, and she never knew about most of it. So she thought I was a good kid, and I rarely. The thing about me is I rarely disobeyed a direct order as a child. I was afraid of my mom. She was a scary person. Uh, she followed through on consequences. And so I was good at sneaking around. This is the water bottle thing. Um, right, the squirt gun. Yeah, I wasn't. So the things I weren't was not allowed to do very explicitly were dye my hair and get tattoos or piercings. Now, um, I did get my belly button pierced when I was 14 because I was tall and the lady pretended to not know that I was a teenager. Um, and my mom found out about it eventually and she wasn't that mad, but I never got a tattoo and I never dyed my hair before I was 18. But as soon as I turned 18, I was like, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) I hit the magic number. I can do whatever I want. Uh, I'm not going to think about this decision. Just got my middle name tattooed on my inner arm. It's not the worst Hmm. thing in the world, but not the best. Uh, my middle name is Grace. You know, it's, it was pretty and I got it in, in a lowercase kind of cursive font, Problem is, I didn't get it by the most skilled tattoo artist in the world. It was a legit place, um, but my brother owned it. (laughs) The tattoo artist was relatively new, and it looked like a penguin. Uh, The G looked like a penguin. And so it looked like it said penguin race on my arm. And and a lot of people would say, what's penguin penguin race? (laughs) Oh, my wedding photos have that stupid tattoo in them. Yeah, I'll find one. Um, And then I got a little, I got a tiny little heart on my rib. um, And that wasn't so bad, except it looked like a melanoma eventually because it kind of faded and bled. So I got them both removed. Um, It's extremely expensive and way more painful than getting them on. And it takes forever. I had to go probably to 12 laser sessions to get them taken off. That's how much I didn't want them. Why did you do that? I mean, 
Why did you commit to that? Because it um, doesn't sound like they were too awful. No, they weren't too awful, but um, I felt in, I was really embarrassed of the one on my arm eventually, um, just because it looked kind of bad and it was. I hated uh-huh. explaining it to people. It's like, oh, it's my middle name, and then people, oh, you're afraid you're going to forget your middle name. <laughs> Um, it was just, just bad all around. I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to look at it anymore. And I decided I got a group on for, <laughs> wow. for tattoo removal. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll take this off. And now you can't tell it's there at all. I don't have any scars. I don't have anything, but I get, I get it. Um, it was appealing to me. And after the first one, I wanted to get more. It's sort of addicting. Um, so I understand why people who get them just keep on getting them. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's kind of an addictive, it's a thrill to get a tattoo. It hurts a little bit. It's annoying and you stuck through it. And, and at, at the very best, you get a cool piece of art on your body. And I'm, I'm totally into that. And I admire good tattoos. I just don't think I right. would ever do it again. Cause it was just such a disaster for me because I didn't think it through, mm. you know, it was impul- impulsive 18 year old yeah. decision. I'm not completely opposed to it. I mean, I just never gave thought to it and didn't do it. Uh, I probably would think very hard about what I was going to yeah. put on there. I would have think to think for years and not change my mind for years before I did that again and put it in somewhere that's more hidden, not my, my uh-huh, lower arm, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I worry about folks like the ones that in prison, they're all sleeved out and and you see guys like this and and ladies like this on the street that they have so many tattoos and then you talk to them and there are nothing and you're like oh i see this is your this is your personality is your, yeah awesome this is all you have to talk about cuz you got nothing else <laughs> my brother looks like he was not actually ever in prison he looks like he was though because he was practicing to become a tattoo artist and oh, you practice no. on yourself no 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 no, no so no, he no, is no. covered his legs and his his left arm <laughs> he's got a thing around his almost his neck he can put on a suit and you can't see any of them at least he didn't put any on his face uh-huh. or his neck but um he's covered in awful yeah. tattoos yeah bobby posted a picture of a guy who had a back tattoo the other day he was on a scooter or something and i was like <laughs> oh, yeah. prison prison <laughs> and you, it was a big spider this. right on his back yeah There's a spider all the way across Ugh, his back horrible it was just that washed out you know yep that's what mine looked like it just looked bad gross i don't know i think the probably the most embarrassing tattoos i don't know maybe people shouldn't be embarrassed by any of their tattoos but are like the basic ones like um oh yeah anybody who has a tweety bird on their calf oh god or has the barbed wire around their (laughs) bicep or something that's a person who wanted to get a tattoo but didn't have any imagination comedy tragedy oh right you gotta pick something that means something to you hey i'm down Mm -hmm. with comedy tragedy if you know you're an actor and it it's your life and it means a lot to you but if you just went through the book and thought oh that's a good one (laughs) that one looks cool a lot of people do that so are you you acting no 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 i just thought it looked cool (laughs) right uh all right are we done with tattoos I hope so. Uh, I think we're all done with tattoos, yeah. (laughs) As much as we were ever going to be into them. I'm just offended that Meredith assumed that I don't have any tattoos. Was I correct? (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm sure you have some marks from reaching in and out of ovens that you could qualify qualify as baking tattoos. I have a big, I don't know if it's going to scar, but 
a big carpet burn from where I fell down the stairs oh, that's on my wrist. That does not count as a tattoo. <laughs> Maybe that'll man. be my tattoo. <laughs> Uh, let's go on to picky eating. The topic of OK Soda was brought up in one of the shows. I think it was on Monday or Tuesday because Nick was there. And Meredith, you said you had no remembrance, no, no memory of OK Soda. Don't. Mike, you were probably in prison. Mm, I, I remember seeing Do you it. remember it? I remember it being in the market. I don't remember ever trying it or even understanding what it was or that Coke was behind it. I wasn't yet into the you know, into the workplace where I had to think about branding all the time. So um, if I wasn't going to, you know, drink it, eat it or fuck it, I didn't care about it. So I can, I can, I haven't looked at the can, but I can tell you what it looks like because I remember seeing I'm looking at it right now and I have, I still have no recollection. It's just a guy's blank face on the can and it says, okay, period. Maybe I was in one of the test markets or something because we had it definitely for a couple of years and I was in high school and I think my brother Carl would have been like 11 or 12 and so I think that's the perfect age to get into that and they had vending machines that they put in at school. I think one was just solid okay soda. It was every choice and it was just kind of a, their branding was just sort of laid back smart ass Andrew talked about it it was for kind of slackers like you wanted to show that you didn't care too much sort of like the reality bites Mm -hmm. wasn't that the Poochie episode of the Simpsons where Poochie was the mascot for these snacks these cool snacks and they put in put them in at the at the school and I think they were what they were going for was like this vibe this big soda company vibe big snack vibe I'm sure yeah. the thing that I really remember about OK Soda is that it had, they had a 1-800 number that you would call. It was an automated number and you would call and it would be some randomized smart ass thought, you know, like mm-hmm. deep thoughts with Jack Handy, but the OK Soda version of that. And I think my brother spent a lot of time calling that number because oh he thought it was pretty hilarious. This seems like a spectacular failures candidate. Right. <laughs> was your brother like laughing at it or laughing with it? Oh, laughing at it. Okay. No, yeah, wait. Yeah. Meredith, or laughing right. with this... it. He thought it I was genuinely know. funny. He was 11 and he thought it was cool. That's mm. about the age. Yeah, I think so. I didn't realize that how deep that went, though, that they got into schools and shit like that. That's oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah. It was big for a few years, and then it went away. I mean, that was the era of all that, like, um, super uh, caffeinated stuff, like Jolt Mm -hmm. Cola was out then, and I think maybe Surge, stuff that they just, the pre-energy drink days. My brother was really into Jolt, and I remember thinking it was poison. (laughs) That will kill me if I drink it. I I knew a kid, Tyler Olson, who was involved in my high school at the theater and drama stuff with me. We did uh, performances of Dracula for one of our plays, and he played uh, the part of Renfield, who is like the mental hospital patient whose Dracula's like familiar, his servant. Oh, right. And he mm-hmm. used to drink a six-pack of Jolt every night before Ugh. the performance. So that he would get the right kind of wide-eyed jitteriness for the part. Jesus. 
And I'm like, yep, that's something you do when you're 16. That's horrible. Yeah. Go all Jackson, Maine in front of the whole crowd. <laughs> yep. Six sodas before you go out there. Six no. jolts. <laughs> I before before every time before I'd go play a game or or go out in a play. I would have to pee even if I didn't have to pee. Mm-hmm. You yep. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what all that soda would have done to me except make for a disaster, you know, <laughs> or just a leg crossing on Why is he crossing his legs and jumping up and down? <laughs> it's part of the character. That's <laughs> <laughs> what familiars do. Yep. Sport. Yep. So who needs a movie? I do. Um, we've got two uh, media things from this week. And the first is when uh, Hannah reviewed the latest season of Stranger Things. Um, now, earmuffs, if you haven't seen it, um, I'm pro- I don't want to spoil anything, but I might. Um, she, she wasn't a big fan of it. Um, and I watched it all within two days. I, I liked it. Um, maybe because I set my expectations a little bit differently. I mean... I think of that as a bit of a kid's show because that's how it presents itself. And it's got the um, absurd and predictable tropes of a kid's show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I knew that was coming and that's fine. Um, I like the characters in the show and I, I am still kind of, I, God, I, I jump so easily and I'm scared so easily by shows that it still freaks me out. The show still scares me and I still like jump when they do jump scares and, and it gets Meredith, me every isn't there time. some element of Dungeons and Dragons type, you know, interest yeah, there for yeah. you as well? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Um, the things that I really liked about this particular season is that there was a lot of stuff about growing up. There was a lot of like, because the kids are obviously getting older. You, you're really playing with fire when you're using child actors in a series, right? Because they're growing up fast. And mm-hmm. they address it in the show using Dungeons and Dragons actually as a vehicle for this because one of them really wants to keep playing and the others have girlfriends and and Will doesn't and he's the dungeon master and he wants these guys to play with them and they want to go kiss their girlfriends. Um, And so there's a lot of coming of age stuff and and Will literally destroys his childhood fort in one of the episodes because he's so upset about this. Um, So it's a lot of coming of age stuff, a lot of like pains of growing up and things changing. So I thought that was an interesting part of it. And also um, the the new characters, Erica was a delight. Uh, Lucas's little sister, I've really liked her. And then Uma Thurman's daughter was, um, she was great. I hope that she has a long career because she was an amazing actress. And I really liked her character too. You know, the downsides that she explained, I, I do sort of agree with, but I thought it was an entertaining series and I don't, I wouldn't dissuade anyone from watching it. Did you like season two? Not as much as this one. I liked, oh, okay. I liked three better than two, but I still okay. like two. Two had its moments, yeah. but I thought it was a letdown mm-hmm. from season one. I think that these shows really run into trouble because they have these first seasons that have had long prep times and sort of amazing stories and it's a very much a sort of finished unit and then they know they have like four home runs you know right then when when the whole world starts watching it and and they're like oh shit we we gotta (laughs) you know ride this train okay let me be brilliant today mm -hmm. let me let me turn on the brilliant machine wait doesn't 
Well, it's like how they say, say, like, right, you've got your whole life to write your first album. <laughs> right. And then you have to come up with a second one. Exactly. I also generally get a little embarrassed at coming of age stuff when it's um, boys and girls start doing boys and girls things because I think it's really unrealistic. I mean, I never had any kinds of the conversations that 12 and 13 year old boys and girls have with one each other, with each other (laughs) on shows. And I'm just like, I don't, this isn't the way kids talk. This isn't. I love that story that Luke tells about how he would call his girlfriend every afternoon and they would say nothing to each other for (laughs) 45 minutes. I definitely had a boyfriend like that in middle school. Was like, why right. are we doing this? What is this? I just well, dread I talking to you on the phone, but I have to do it every day. You, right. Yeah, they kind of like graft adult ways of thinking about relationships onto uh-huh. yeah, young teenagers and I, I don't like the way brains. It works very much. <laughs> um, but maybe I'll watch it. I don't know. I just felt my enthusiasm kind of ebbing. I was sort of delighted by the teenager stuff, like when Elle is kind of rebelling against Hop. It, I, I kind of liked how she can slam the door in his face. <laughs> she did right. that a few times, and I thought that was pretty, pretty funny. Maybe it was just timing, but good on her. I think being able to slam a door on someone's face is still the best way, and now is by far the best way to end an argument now that you can no longer slam a phone down. Right. You have to like reach, reach for the little. I pushed the hang up button so hard. <laughs> so hard. I almost went through my phone yeah. I need to get it. Go get a new phone because my finger went through it. I would never have dared to slam a door on my parents. Oh, no way. That no. would have been the last thing I did before yep. I died. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, well, I would have been out the window. You know. <laughs> Give everyone time to cool down. I don't think uh, I ever kissed a boy at my house. That would have been just suicide. Well. That's what the park is for. Well, I usually just put on my rollerblades and tromp up somebody's stairs. Yeah. Get a few kisses in. Sure. Um, the next part of this segment is uh, was on one of Phyllis's shows where they talked about how ODB maybe auditioned for a remake of Mr. Ed as a voice actor. <laughs> and they play, played this clip of him. And I, I don't know, it really does sound like him to me. It seems legit. But it can't have been a real audition, right? I mean, maybe well, I he just, just recorded a bad audition. I mean, doesn't this have to be like some funny or die type thing? It can't be real. It can't be real. It can't be the premise that they're saying it is. Is that what you mean? Because I think it was his voice. But he was. Oh, yes. He was so he was so on drugs and played such a crazy character that it was hard to tell what was drugs, what was some sort of mental illness Uh and what was this character that he was playing. And that's kind of a perfect storm for just absolute confusion about him Uh, because you can't Mm -hmm. pin that guy down. He died of a drug overdose and it seems like a lot of what he did was driven by drugs unfortunately i just think that the premise that someone would reboot mr ed and would consider odb for that (laughs) role is it just it doesn't that idea does not float who would do that we don't know that they considered him (laughs) we don't know that anyone took this seriously if you're considering funding a reboot of mr ed is ODB, 
being involved going to buck you <laughs> off that misguided horse? And it was horse? a cartoon? Or was it live action with the peanut butter in the horse's mouth? Mm. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Speaking of that, um, we were eating dinner the other night and Cullen was over. Uh, Emily made a lovely dinner and we were talking about, I asked Cullen if he was going to see the the uh, Lion King movie and I asked, is it a sequel? And then uh, Emily interrupted and said, it's a live action, you know, remake and and i just fired back how they teach all those lions how to act i know <laughs> that has been my quarrel with this from yep. the beginning it's not live action anyway uh cullen didn't get it and uh emily lost it and, uh, we've been laughing about it ever since i'm gonna try to get to get uh teach teach uh, our dogs how to act and see if we can get them into, into the, the secret life of pets three or whatever. Beyonce was involved, up. right? I'm sure she had something to do with it. She can do anything. Yeah. She can train lions. I'm sure. Um, next up is listener feedback. We get a really wonderful, was it a voicemail? I think it was a voicemail uh, from, so. from a listener of TBTL whose dog cowers and runs away when tbtl is on i mean i was half delighted and half sad for this poor dog you gotta because there's so much TBTL. there's so much it's just a, there's a lot of it and that poor dog i'm glad the owner switched to headphones just for that poor dog's sake um well, well i wish there were more specifics like what was it the theme music the you know some yeah. particular host voice what what's the trigger yeah i don't know it might just be the whole thing i wonder because you know vibe yeah (laughs) well you know dogs really pick up on on their people's emotions so maybe this says something about the listeners (laughs) feelings about the show (laughs) oh that i hadn't thought of that That was my theory um huh but I, i i don't know People people never cease in tagging them in negative comments, but I, I, if that was my experience, I wouldn't write it into the show. <laughs> no, no. It makes me think of there was a letter that went into Car Talk once from somebody that did deliveries, and it involved like a delivery to the goat farm, and they would drive up and they'd be playing Car Talk in the car and all the goats would like run up to the car and crowd around (laughs) (laughs) sound of (laughs) click and clack. I love that. Um, We got a throw your phone from listener Sam who says listening to Wednesday's show and hugging my phone while listening to the email about the dog who runs from TBTL. So it turns out others did listen to last week's summer game shows. (laughs) (laughs) That poor dog (laughs) was the only one. And now it's scarred forever. Sam also says, mainly hugging my phone sympathetically while listening to Andrew slowly realize that Hannah Brooks Olsen does not, in fact, religiously listen to TVTL. He made several references that she didn't get, including his hard rain nickname, which he explained, uh-huh. I feel like, way too much this week. Way too long. Way It's too not confusing. that funny. Yeah. Uh, and Sam says, it makes you wonder if the co-host from your cleaning podcast... While on the other podcast you co-host doesn't remember the joke upon which the comical bowling name you reliably use is based, when used as a question in a ska band fact or fiction quiz of your own design, are you really even friends at all? Five excited marks and question marks. Sam, you make me laugh. I know. So good. Good point. She makes a good point. Yep. All right. 
Let's get on our media. Andrew is incredibly embarrassed about a feature piece that he did for um, now. I'm in my head about uh, Tamara Keith's name since Kamala Harris. Um, uh, it's Tamara Keith. Um, I thought it was was Tamara. Of course, I knew I would do it wrong. (laughs) Tamara Keith's podcast 10 years ago. Um, We were listening to this, and first of all, that dude, no story should be ever done about that dude. Just Oh, the guy that got his record (laughs) collection lost by the movers? If If he can't bring more energy than that, I mean, I would love to handle his his, uh, damage complaint. (laughs) <laughs> um, because he probably wouldn't even call, and even if he did call, he'd be like, "Hey, uh, uh, I um, think somebody uh, my albums, some of them are are missing. You can call me back, but you know, it's no big deal. It's cool." <laughs> I mean, he had to do a story with that guy. <laughs> it's not the landscaping guy for sure. <laughs> so, uh, and, and Andrew is apologizing for his um, hush tone. Go back and listen to anything Luke did for NPR mm-hmm. back in those days. It was like he was trying to keep it a secret. Yes. So nothing to apologize for there. He was just doing it in the style at the time, you know, yeah. we're all, all wearing belts made of onions. And <laughs> I think it's at least for when I've done stuff like that, it's that you're nervous and you're trying to tamp down the nerves. Uh-huh. And that has the effect of making you not low energy, but it, it fl- I think it flattens and lowers your voice. You have to be Tentative. slower than you think. Um, I did a, I did a, I was interviewed when I was like, I don't know, 18 or 19 for um, a book about kids with uh, gay parents. And my dad is gay and I was involved in this book telling my little story. And so a radio show in San Francisco wanted me to come on and read. They just taped a segment where I was reading my uh, chapter it was like two pages and reading out loud is harder than you'd think. And then you're nervous because you're on the radio and I was going a mile a minute and they did the same thing. He said, all right, stop, 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 stop. (laughs) You need to slow down. You need to calm down and just read this in a natural tone. And you are so in your head that you don't even know what a natural tone is. So you end up sounding weird either way. Like you're too fast or you're too slow. You sound weird to yourself, but you sound normal to other people. It's just impossible. And, And it's something I think that, is probably really common with new broadcasters. And Andrew wasn't a broadcaster back then. He sounded every bit as good as Luke did yeah, in yeah, his yeah. pieces. And I think those of us who listen to him five days a week now can tell the difference in that piece versus what he normally does now. But I don't think anybody listening on the radio would have been like, whoa, that guy. No, and that was her yeah. podcast anyway. You know, that was right. not a thing that was on NPR. Tamara. <laughs> Tamara Keith? I think so. Yeah. 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 You're okay. You okay. Got it. I mean, I've heard her plenty of times, but, you know, it's just got in my head about it. You know how it goes. You look mm-hmm. at a name and you go, someone's recently screwed up on a name very close to this in a high profile way, and I don't want to be that guy. And of course I was. You're never that guy. Not to me. Oh, <laughs> so sweet. Final thoughts for the week. My favorite funny moment was 
Uh, Andrew got Phyllis a, I guess, online soundboard. We were blissfully <laughs> spared Luke's sound machine with the farts and the burps and the whatever. But Andrew felt that we needed those sound effects, at least some type of sound effects. So he found an online soundboard for Phyllis. And uh, she had a great time playing them. And she has a much better sense of timing than Luke. Yeah, that was when funny. it's appropriate to, to play something. But the part that made me laugh was when she ended up playing the entire opening <laughs> theme song for the He-Man cartoon. It's like, this it just is a kept drop? going and going and going. Mm. I was a P1 for He-Man, so that oh, yeah. made me very happy. Me What's our must-listen for the week? Mike? Uh, well, I've been listening to a box fan at... Uh, uh, 11 and a half hours on YouTube to fall asleep <laughs> and stay asleep. So that would be my recommendation. I thought Friday was delightful. I would listen to Friday again. Friday was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I guess that means it's time for housekeeping. Check out our merch at littleredbandwagon.com. Um, the archive project is, as always, still going on. And I think Anne is the only one who's archiving. So help her out, please. Um, please please you can use our amazon link you guys it's prime day coming up probably as you're listening Ooh. to this so use little that's Red some bag bullshit with- is it is this the first year it's been two days i th- i don't know probably is it that hard to change the fucking name prime day today and tomorrow that's not a day <laughs> prime days they're doing a. They're turning it into an event, too. I was watching uh, Man in the High Castle yesterday, and there's a promo for, like, a concert that they're doing for Prime Day. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, this is practically turning into, like, Honda Days now. We'll be, we say Happy Honda Days. We'll be saying Happy Prime Days. Happy Trucktober. Yeah. Decorating. Prime Jubilee. Well, if you're participating in this debacle, use littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon and we'll get a few pennies of your discounted crap that you buy on Amazon. (laughs) You're going to do it. Just do it. Uh, Earbuds and Earworms, our sister podcast, is doing personal anthems this week. So a song that defines you. I'd I'd think like your walk-up song for when you're at Mm -hmm. that. I think a lot of Destiny's Child should be featured. Got a lot of personal anthems. Sure shot. Beastie Boys. Mm, that's good. All right. If you would care to get involved with our show, visit our website, littleredbandwagon.com. Send your comments, both good and bad, to throwyourphone.com. You make us laugh. You make us smile. You make us say, yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. We're always happy to hear from you. Our Facebook page is always around. Sometimes we even post on it. The show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. If you want to talk to Jeremy, uh, email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Send us a voice memo. It's easy. You can do it as many times as you need until you don't sound stupid and then s- send the final version. It's great. Uh, you can fax us your butt or any other body part that you are particularly proud of at 617-354-8513. We did get more butts. I think they were actually peaches. Yeah, wearing little thongs. I think so. It's cute. Spoiler but alert. It was hilarious. <laughs> and with that, Meredith, why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jim. Nailed it. Oh, that was a bad clap. 